0: Welcome to another episode of Business School. I'm your host, James Phillip. I'm a serial entrepreneur and angel investor that founded Heavy Hitter Holdings, where I have more than a dozen different brands and companies under management. You can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at JamesPhilip313, or download these anywhere podcasts are available. That being said, let's jump on in. So I want to do an episode, um, you know, we'll keep it short today, but you know, we got the coronavirus is kind of crushing business right now. Had a bunch of stimulus come down, you know, whether it's SBA loans or the Payroll Protection, Protection Act or whatever they did, the CARES Act, a whole big group of stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of discussion about how do I stay in business? How do I stay afloat? And I understand that, like, you know, if you're a survivor, you got to do survivor things and you're fighting for every inch right now. I had to survive the recessions of 2001 and 2008. If you heard of my podcast before, you know, it's a re- reoccurring theme. All the lessons I learned on how to keep my companies alive through two recessions. This is now the third recession that, uh, you know, I'm uh, well conditioned to take this one on because of what I went through in the last two. But, you know, I'm invested in uh, some companies, other companies in different sectors and whatnot. And, uh, you know, one of them's in the hospitality industry. Got thinking about some different ideas because, you know, the bars and restaurants are shut down for the most part. And my big thing is. I know this is hard to do, but you're completely consumed about going out of business, trying to get your employees paid or making sure that they don't struggle, you're running out of money, and you're trying to figure out how to pay rent. All these things are going through your mind, racking up debt. Well, you have to claim bankruptcy and I get it, man. Like, been there two times in my life and got through to the other side. My biggest lesson though is not only to think about um, surviving, but you gotta have a little bit of time spent thinking about how you're gonna come out on the other side of this and thrive. And you have to maintain and hold on to as much of your brand equity as you can. You need to still stay in your customer's face. You can't let them believe that you're gonna be dead and gone or never coming back or most importantly, you can't let someone else take their attention. So this is why people use, you know, Taco Bell uses billboard ads and radio commercials and TV commercials, not only to introduce new products, but it's just to stay in your face, to remind you, we are here. You remember Taco Bell, don't forget about us. And I think a lot of small businesses do really poorly at staying in front of their customers' faces. Not a small business or obviously a much larger business, but Chipotle Grill, I think, learned a lesson that when the E. coli thing and their issues hit with them, it was really different because, you know, I eat Chipotle Grill sometimes three, four, five times a week, six times a week. I've eaten Chipotle Grill twice in one day, hell, maybe three times in a day. Don't judge me. But uh, (laughs) the problem with Chipotle Grill is when they scared their customers away, it allowed their customers to go try all these new restaurants popping up. By me, there's chains popping up everywhere right now. Strip malls, there's so many options we didn't have five years ago. So where I was going to Chipotle Girl, five times a week, I now took those five trips to go somewhere else and allowed me to go discover things that I was probably missing out on because I kept just going back to what I liked. And it took Chipotle Girl a long time to win those customers back. Not because they were worried about the E. coli breakout. It's that they discovered Jersey Mike's. Or where I'm at, you discover Detroit Taco. Or you were going to Mr. Kebab. You know, there's so many options. And like once you have those people really invested in your brand, you don't want them to forget about you. It's almost like uh, maintaining a relationship where you got to keep things interesting. You got to keep adding some spice and keep things new and fresh because... If you don't do that in a relationship, then I start to wander, right? And now your girlfriend's looking at some other dude or your boyfriend's looking at some other chick because they're just not engaged. And, uh, you know, I start wandering. Same thing happens in business. And again, Chipotle Girl learned that really bad because once those people stop going to Chipotle Girl, it's like, oh my God, I found this new sushi joint over here. So now they're going there two times a week. So even when Chipotle Girl won their customers back, instead of five times a week... They might have only went there two times a week because they were going to these new spots they discovered. So I'm telling you right now, as you're struggling to get through this downturn, and it's going to be a while. Like We're not getting out of this in April. April's going to be hell for us, and I'm expecting May to be just as bad. I'm hoping we can get back to business in June. When I say get back to business, people aren't going to be rushing back to gyms. They're not going to be rushing back to restaurants and travel Everyone's going to be very cautious. So while we might get moving, it's going to be a slow return. So I'm going to give you some ideas on how you can keep your customers engaged, maybe raise a little bit of money, and hang on to your brand equity. You know, you can't you spend all that time and money getting that brand equity built up. You can't let it just go away. So I'm going to give you some ideas on how to hang on to that brand equity that you spent all these years building. For example, yeah, all right. So you've seen some people doing fundraisers for their staff. You know, I donated to a handful. Of my favorite restaurants and favorite restaurant groups that the money went to their employees that are displaced at the moment and while I don't mind it because I at least have the means to do things like that not everyone feels the same way there was some negative chatter about those people raising money like that like why are you asking your customers for donations to support your staff and I think you could have handled that differently and I'm gonna give you an example if you're in the bar industry, for example, instead of just asking for money, do a YouTube live or an Instagram live or I don't know, however you want to get out there, do an eight o'clock special on Friday night where you're gonna do five classic cocktails and you're gonna have your best bartender create these cocktails live. And let the audience know beforehand what ingredients they are gonna need and what cocktails you're gonna be making. And then kind of do a performance, whether it's a half an hour or an hour, Give them entertainment because we're all stuck in the damn house right now. There's nowhere to go on Friday night. We're all bored. So you could give them entertainment and while you're at it, you're maintaining your brand equity, you're staying in front of your customer's face, and to be honest, if you this is the best time to ask for donations. If you're asking for donations for your staff and you're not giving them anything, it's tough. Although, you know, places did raise a lot of money that way you might have been able to raise two or three times as much money if you gave them something. This is a very fundamental fundraising rule. If you work for a charity, your thing is, you know, big cash donors will always give you cash, but everyone else, it's like a barter. It's like every school fundraiser, like they'll sell you a Little Caesars pizza kit. You know, they sell you a large pizza for like 20 bucks. And you know, you can get that pizza for five bucks, right? But it's a fundraiser, so you give them 20 bucks for the pizza. I don't know exact numbers, I'm just making this up. But um, either way, your normal pizza ends up costing way more because they're raising money for a fundraiser. But you at least get something for it, so you don't mind putting the extra money out. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, if the pizza's five bucks and you're giving them 20, do want you to say, screw the $5 pizza and just ask the person for $15. That's the issue. Getting people to just give you fifteen dollars is goddamn difficult. This is how fundraising works. This is why you sell band candy and every other fundraiser on the planet. This is why they charge you, you know, two hundred dollars per plate to go to a big charity event. And you're gonna get twenty-five bucks worth of food and 175 is gonna go to the charity. It's you have to make people feel like they're getting something because getting people to just give you raw cash with nothing is hard. So instead of just asking for money. For your team, give them something. Give them an hour of entertainment. Give them a cocktail class if you're a bar, for example. And then ask for donations to support your staff. We're bored, you're stuck in the house, it's Friday night, I would do a cocktail class in a minute. It's something to do right now. We can't go anywhere. Plus, people feel like they're getting something. So it's a lot easier for them to open up their pocketbook. You win in every way here. You stay in front of your customers, you maintain your brand equity, you might even gain some new fans, you're gonna be able to raise money, you win every way around. Um, I gave all my restaurant buddies the same tips. You know what? Tell people that you're gonna prepare a meal at eight o'clock on Friday. Tell them all the ingredients that you're gonna need. In fact, they even told some people that they're able to ship, ship out your customers meal kits. Say this is a meal kit that we're cooking Friday night. And then do it live. Give them a performance like, anything else from a concert to whatever. Perform for them, do a nice live cooking show where they're making it at home, we're all bored on a Friday night, and you get to follow along with your favorite restaurant or chef. Again, possibility of making money through sending out kits. Worst case scenario, you stay in front of your customers, you keep your brand equity and build more. Also, good opportunity to ask for donations. You gotta think about what it is in your business where you can do something similar, whether it's a free educational seminar, you know, doing something live, some form of entertainment. These are very easy ways to stay in front of your customers right now. I think the last thing you wanna do is spend the next three months penny-pinching, laying people off, dodging bills to come out of this thing with no money and then no customers or your customers are, you know, beat down by half because other people capture their interest. Much like I said with Chipotle Girl, it's like once you lose their attention, they start looking at other places. So these are just really easy ways that you can raise money, stay in front of your customer base, keep your brand equity, and to be honest, entertain some people, man. We are all bored right now. Can't go anywhere, can't travel, can't do anything. Hell, not even supposed to leave the house in some areas. We need something and Well, there's a lot of like funny stuff going on, on the internet and everyone's going live on Instagram. You know, it's Let's see the professionals get out and perform You know culinary art. Let's see the cocktail gurus do some cool stuff and Let us play along Regardless of what business you're in if you're in a really boring business, you know That might be a little bit tougher if you are own a landscape business. I don't know what you could do right now draw up some landscape plans, and uh, you know, share them on a on a webinar, and, and some cheap modifications people can make to their house by themselves. You know, can they go, you know, buy these bushes and do a double layer bush, and you know, buy them at Home Depot or something like? I'm just trying to think off the cuff here of if you are not in a sexy business or a highly entertaining business, something that you could do of value to get people motivated, to keep them entertained, and to just maintain your brand equity. I'm just. The one thing the two recessions taught me was you can't just be thinking like a survivor. You have to be thinking about how to come out on the other side of this booming. You know, what's lost is lost. This money we're going to lose in these months is gone. Ain't getting it back. But, you know, can you come out of the gate in June swinging where some of your competitors might have went out of business or got lazy or got sloppy? Good time to take market share. Good time to be innovative, launch new products, launch new services, and... Maybe you don't get this money back, but you can spend the next six months ramping up to put yourself in a significantly better position than you were. So that's all I got for this episode. For all the small business owners out there or anyone, to be honest, if you're out there struggling, man, I get it. Again, been in business 20 years, started so many different companies, had to keep them alive through two recessions, three recessions. Now this won't be my last. I know there'll be another one, another two. And every time it teaches us something different, but... I do know, at the very core, you can't just be thinking about being a survivor. Just keep thinking about how you're going to come out of the gates and crush it when we are able to get back to business. But that's all I got for this episode. Make sure you follow me on YouTube and Instagram at JamesPhillip313. Definitely get to YouTube and hit subscribe. I'm going to be launching a lot of new content out there, and it's going to be out there first. In fact, some content's only going to be on YouTube, so make sure you get on YouTube and subscribe. But Until then, I'm going to catch you on the next one.